0: Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day, and January thirty first. Wow, we're through January already. It feels like we just barely entered twenty eighteen, and January's <laughs> done.
1: That seems crazy, right? <laughs> I know it is. It's Holy blown cow. by. I think it. Uh, every year seems to go by a little bit faster. So.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's an acceleration going on. Where did that go? <laughs> like gone. Twenty seventeen. That was like three minutes ago. <laughs> Right, I know
1: when when I was a kid, my dad and I used to have this discussion, uh, some kind of, um, you know, metaphysical discussion or quantum physical discussion about, and he was explaining to me how time was going to speed up, and (laughs) I I think, I always think, maybe, I thought he was nuts, maybe my dad had something there, (laughs)
2: time
1: is speeding up.
0: Well, you know how it is when you're a kid, you know, you're waiting for Christmas, right, and, you know, you start in, like, September, and then it takes about six years for it to show up. <laughs> right. Well, even just
1: when you're a kid, just waiting for the weekend.
0: Just waiting for the weekend, right?
1: <laughs> and now they just fly by, fly by, fly by. <laughs> but it's been a it's been a a good month, and we've got a uh, we've got a super full moon today, mm. which is kind of cool. It's yep. uh, it's um a total lunar eclipse and a super moon.
2: Wow! All in one
1: hmm And it's like the the it hasn't happened in like two hundred and something years, I think. Yeah. We'll have all these, and it's a blue moon, which doesn't really mean anything astrologically or astronomically, but it's just that the the first of January was a full moon, and the thirty-first of January is a full moon. So we got two full moons in one month. It's kind of cool.
0: Well, blue moon meant something to somebody from the nineteen fifties because it was a hit song. But beyond that, you're right. There right? isn't a whole lot more. <laughs>
2: I always say, hey, it's fun to say, it's a blue moon, what's in a blue moon? So
1: there will be no full moon in February, because it's a short month, But so we got to do them both, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> I didn't get to see it, I, I walked out this morning, It's um, when it's a total eclipse, it causes the moon to look red, and there's some really amazing photographs out there flying around of people that have been able to photograph it, but... Uh, I don't live in a place where you could see it better from the western part of the country, Mm. and uh, I couldn't see it when I went out. It was a beautiful, huge, gorgeous moon last night, but the red part wasn't really going to show up until this early, early this morning when I went out. Alas, I didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice that you were able to go out. That was great. I I Actually, I have have a wind report, by the way. I have a fantastic wind report because listeners know – I've been dealing with computer issues and those computer issues actually have shown up in terms of sound dropping and, and causing me all kinds of headaches. And I feel like I've been talking about them forever and thinking, okay, I got to figure out some way to change the channel here. Cause this is not, this is not a good thing to do from an LOA perspective. And so I've been trying to do that. You know, each of you co-hosts have been trying to help me find, okay, here's different ways to feel about it and look at it and so forth. Well, the day finally arrived. Cause yesterday I fixed it. I finally found nice a way team. to fix it. And let me tell you, Cindy, I let out a whoop when I was done. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I got there, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was I think that was a full-body yes, It too. was a full-body like, yes, that's
0: right. <laughs> and, and for me, that's saying something because, I mean, I used to be a server administrator. It's not like I have little experience with computers. I have a ton of experience, and this was one of the most difficult solutions I've ever had to find. I mean, I won't go into the technical side of it because I'd probably lose three-quarters of the audience if I tried to do that, but I'll tell you this. uh, My machine is a Windows 8.1 machine, and I had reinstalled just a month ago to Windows 8.1. And and something really weird happened when I was doing the repair yesterday. It acted like it was Windows 8.0. The the operating systems look different. They they react differently when you're doing upgrades and so forth. It reacted like I was upgrading from Windows 8.0. I said, huh, I mean, I'd never heard of that. I actually had a later version of Windows, and it was acting like it was an earlier version. I've never seen that before. That that was just plain bizarre. So, anyway, the good news is it's done. It's done. I'm so happy.
1: (laughs) Yay. Well, I tell you, I mean, it's really. Oh, no. Did I lose my. It's not just frustrating, but when. Oh, there we go. When the sound drops. No. Uh oh.
0: Uh oh. Oh, no. I I lost you. you. Can you hear me? I can. I can see that you can hear me. I just can't hear you.
1: <laughs> oh, no. All right, let's see if I can find Let a Let me try to call more. back in.
0: I got too excited. I'll see, try to call back was. in and we'll so see if that makes a difference. I actually upset the wonderful thing I had going here because I was so excited.
2: <laughs> can you hear me now?
0: Well, okay, this is different. So what did I do? Huh. Okay.
1: I'm, I'm still oh. here and I can hear you. Oh, right at our victory party. Okay, I'm gonna dial back in. Oh no,
0: I got it. I got it. Whoa, that was Can you weird. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> so this and is it's right
1: th- in the middle of our victory party. We have a technical difficulty. What's happening?
0: Well well I'm telling you, this is proof that you should never spend a lot of time on the problem because look what happens. I told everybody what the problem was. I did tell us what the solution was, but as I'm telling the problem and we start to, 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 to um, celebrate the solution, all of a sudden a new problem pops up. The, the law of attraction played out. Once again, it gave me exactly what I was asking for. It's just that I didn't really intend to ask for that. <laughs> so you've got to be careful what you ask for. I tell you, you just got to be careful. You got to really maintain focus at all times, which kind of tells you. So, the, the interesting
1: topic, thing you know. is that it's, is that we're always asking.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Even when we don't that's the part that we have to remember is that it's it's about focus. It's not really about desire or conscious desire, right? Because That's right. then we would only be attracting things that we thought we wanted, but it's really where we put the focus. So
0: All it, right.
1: Well, I'm still really happy that we've got this.
0: I am too. I'm even more delirious now that we got it back. <laughs> But I tell you, this ties into the topic for the day because uh, I, I've been interacting with somebody who contacted us via the LOA Today website, and uh, this is a person who I've been carrying on an ongoing email conversation with him. He, he's really in a bad place. I mean, he's just he, he's acknowledging, admitting that he's, he has lots of negative thoughts and he has trouble focusing on anything positive. And we noted that he... Only has a couple of interests that make him feel good, and 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 one of them isn't all that healthy. The beer drinking is not necessarily the best thing you can really do in order to make yourself feel happy, you know. So it made me think, geez, we really need to kind of take take a step back because there are times when you want to be a deliberate creator, but there are other times when you just got to kind of, you know, get yourself back into the positivity game, and and not worry so much about deliberately creating, but mainly be, you know trying to reach out for the stuff that just feels good just so you can get a better flow because look what happened i just during our conversation i i started talking about bad stuff and all of a sudden the the bad stuff started to come in well what happens if you're doing that on a regular basis you know to heck with deliberate creation
1: you know we can talk for days and days and days about methods and you know tools and you know for for deliberate creation and the way i'm thinking about it when you're talking about being in a hard place like that, in a hard place where, first of all, when you're in that hard place, you said that this, uh, gentleman recognized, started recognizing that yes. he was in a hard place and that he was having negative thoughts. First of all, that's actually a, a really great thing because it is. that's the beginning of moving up the, you know, the scale, so to speak, that awareness of, of what you're doing, because a lot of people are going through life feeling depressed, feeling negative, and not even really becoming aware that they can have an effect on it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and i have when you're down
1: there, it's really hard to see up. It is.
0: When I first started exploring LOA, I was in that place. I mean, I didn't even know it, and that's the thing. I think that's what you're talking about. I was not aware that I was depressed. My wife had to point it out to me. And what she said to me, she, she was trying to be really kind about because she didn't want to insult me or anything. And my reaction was, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, mean, I really had no clue at all it was ha- happening. And it wasn't until she started pointing out you know, the things I would say and, and the things I was doing and so forth that I began to re- realize that there's a pattern. There was, there was an actual continuous pattern of negativity. So you're right. The recognition part is like the f- very first step. You have to do it.
1: Right, so even though when we're hearing someone say, "I, I think negative thoughts all the time, and I'm, I'm maybe my life doesn't feel like it has a lot of meaning, and I don't have a lot of things in my life that make me happy," we're like, "It, it sounds so sad," but at the same time, it's like, "Okay, well, now we know where we're starting from." And when we talk about techniques and all of this stuff, I, I kind of think of it as when if we were talking to like a five-year-old. We wouldn't like start telling them all these methods and techniques, right? We might right. just ask them, like, "What do you want to do today? Like, what would what would feel happy?
0: What would be fun? <laughs> like,
1: what would feel better? Like, a very simple question, and those sometimes are the best questions we can ask ourselves. Is just, "What do I need to do to feel a little bit better?" Um, and l- forget all of that you know, the big grandiose outcomes that I'm going to get from using these cool new law of attraction teachings. It's like sometimes we just need to step back to the, what do I need to do to take care of myself? And sometimes it's really the basic things. You know, we were talking earlier, I've had this happen. Sometimes I kind of apologize in advance. I have a client, they come to me and they're like really want to work some big magic in their life. And they've heard stories about, you know, from other client testimonies or from stuff that I've talked about in my own life. And then I realize just by hearing them talk, and I'll ask them some simple questions like, are you sleeping enough? Or how are you on your self-care, eating well, taking care of yourself, getting out and moving your body? And I find out that that's really where we need to start because everything we create, and I'm talking about deliberately or not, but right. everything we create right. in our life, we do it from what? From our foundation,
2: mm. which
1: is really mm. our body. You know that whole idea we say, you're not your body. Well, well, we are our body, though. <laughs> I mean, right? At least we're living in this body. And so we have to take care of our body. And sometimes that's where we have to start is looking at some really simple changes we can make because when our body is healthier and when we're having better habits, we feel better. And that's the whole point of law of attraction, right? Is reaching for the better feeling place.
0: Yeah, because you really can't attract attract anything deliberately and accurately and getting actually what you're looking for rather than the opposite or something that's off on a tangent or something that's totally unrelated. Not, that doesn't really help if you're trying to attract deliberately. If you want to attract deliberately, you got to be in a positive-feeling place. If you're not there, you're not going to get it. So, it's yeah, this is foundational stuff. And more than that, though, beyond creation, this is about just feeling better about life. Because when you're in that really depressed place, when you're in that place where nothing seems like anything good could, 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 could uh, come out of it, like nothing good could be you know, the, the the next day could not be good, and the day after that could not be good, because you're just in that place where nothing feels good. Right now, in that spot, you have no other priority than to feel better, than to just, you know, find something that feels good. Not for LOA purposes, just for feeling good. I mean, what a change that is, to actually feel good.
1: Yeah, really, because when when we are down at that low point, sometimes it's so hard to see the potential that we even could feel better. Um, yeah. The energy level is, and I'm not really talking about energy like Energizer Bunny energy, <laughs> like you know, or caffeine, or or just high energy physically. But I'm just talking about energy on a vibrational level. That low kind of depression, despondent, victim level energy. It's sometimes called mm. where we feel it's it's the reason why we call it victim energy is because we feel like we're at the mercy of everything else like things are happening to us like we don't have any control over being able to affect change we do we just don't know it we don't feel like it and when that particular energy is really heavy it just drags us down and so sometimes getting out of that energy We don't see that there's a way to get out of it. And yet there always is. There is. And it's sometimes starting with things that are really small, not expecting to make a big leap, (laughs) you know, in huge, huge shifts, you know, all over a very short period of time, like tomorrow, my whole life is going to be changed, but it's just about, taking that next step towards feeling better. And the thing is, is that when we do that, sometimes it does feel like our whole life has changed. You know that phrase you hear people say, they have a new lease on life? Well, that's what happens when we start making just little shifts. Maybe just get outside more. I know that's one of the things you've talked about, Walt.
0: Oh, yeah, getting outside is really important. And I think even more primarily, you're talking about energy. It's about having the energy to get up out of bed. To get up off the couch, that alone, when you're in that place, seems to take enormous amounts of energy. And that's right. where you need the energy the most, right?
1: Right. Yeah. And that and that part of it is because, you know, there there are two types of energy. There's catabolic energy and anabolic energy. And like in chemistry, in our even body chemistry, the catabolic energy would be like adrenaline. And... The anabolic energy would be like the hormones that are like testosterone that help heal, Mm -hmm. right? Testosterone actually heals, helps our muscles heal and build up and be stronger. Adrenaline is actually a chemical that tears us down, but we need them both as far as body chemistry. But we don't need to be having adrenaline like we're running from tigers when we're not. And so those lower levels of energy are catabolic. And those are those low levels like depression and conflict and anger and frustration. And we've all felt them. We all we all feel them. They're part of human life. But they are catabolic. They will bring us down, down, and they will affect the health of our body. So we need to be reaching up into the next levels that are more anabolic. Those levels, when we're tapping into those energy levels, everything is easier. So the first level that becomes anabolic is, just responsibility—it's what we call level three energy. It's just being responsible for how we feel, and that's the place when you start. When, when, that's the place we're beginning at. What we're talking at right now, when you start to say, "Well, I am having a lot of negative thoughts, and I really want to change that."
0: We should probably if also de-
1: that you can.
0: We should probably define terms too: cannab- catabolic and anabolic. Can you take a swing at them? Tell people what that means exactly.
1: Well. <laughs> I will tell you, <clears throat> my first um, knowledge of those two words was way back in the 80s and I was um, hanging out at the gym with a lot of people that were bodybuilding and I heard them talking about anabolic steroids, which of course were not legal and not healthy, And but it was a conversation and I had never heard the word before. And it was the bodybuilders, they were talking about the bodybuilders that would use anabolic steroids, like testosterone, um, to build up their muscles, right? Right, right. And so I had heard that word that way. And then in the 90s, I've told you before that I had a, a health crisis. And what happened during that time, the doctor had run all these tests, and I was just losing muscle my body was losing muscle and it was because I wasn't getting enough usable protein. And the doctor said to me, Cindy, do you know what catabolism is? And I said, no, but it didn't sound good. And it didn't sound (laughs) like I really wanted to know. I was like, I don't know if I want to know. That word sounds scary. And she said, catabolism is when your body is not getting enough usable protein. So it starts to like scavenge your own muscle tissue to, to stay alive, right? So that's such a graphic picture of, tearing down.
2: Mm. It's
1: breaking down the muscle tissue. So catabolic and anabolic, I mean, those are the best ways I can describe them. Anabolism or anabolic builds up and catabolism tears down. In chemistry and in nature, we need them both, right? Think about composting. (laughs) I mean, right? Things grow and they, they grow and they build up and then they die and they tear down and that's like the cycle of life. But when we're talking about energy, we have the same systems in energy. And so with catabolic energy, um, you know, the the biggest, most prominent kind of energy in the world is actually catabolic energy, unfortunately. But I think we're changing that with the knowledge of law of attraction. Um, catabolic energy would be the, the level of conflict and competition. And it's not that those things are always bad. Um, sometimes we need conflict and sometimes we need you know competition can be healthy but if we run our whole life from that place um, we won't be healthy people have become very successful just using that level two energy of competition and conflict but they often get success there with the price the price they pay is that their relationships suffer and their body health suffers so we want to try to come up into those and when we compare this to abraham hicks emotional scale it's the same thing it's those lower levels of emotions
0: and we want to reach
1: for what feels better and when you're down 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 sometimes conflict actually feels better
0: that's true and strictly speaking from a scientific perspective um you're right i mean uh anabolic means building up literally it means building up from simple uh molecules to complex molecules and catabolic yep. means the exact opposite, breaking down complex mm-hmm. molecules into simple molecules. So you can see how, you know, certainly both are valuable processes, but you can also see how when you build from simple to complex, that's when you're creating, you're growing. That's when you're doing stuff to actually increase X, whatever X is. And that's why it's so desirable. Um, we need the cat- catabolism because that's how we turn food into energy. You've got to break down the complex food into more simple um pieces otherwise you can't digest it and use it in your body to fuel your body but by the same token you don't want to be breaking down your muscles in order to feed your body that that's that's what can happen in a in an unhealthy situation that's what was happening with you you're breaking down your tissues in order to feed your body well that's the the undesirable way to do it so
1: So there's there's always you know there's always um a spectrum right and there's always there's always the extreme ends of the spectrum and so we want to just make sure that we're moving towards what feels better in the spectrum. And sometimes it might even be it feels better to get a little angry about something than to stay down in depression. But at some point, you know, we move past that and we feel better and better and better. And speaking of feeling better, you know it would make us feel better is if people would subscribe to our podcast.
0: This is true, yeah. <laughs> well, we know that because when people do subscribe, they listen over and over and over again. I mean, last month, the average was for every single unique individual who listened to the podcast, they listened to at least 22 shows. This month, they're on pace for 28 shows. I mean, awesome. so, so clearly, you know, listening to the podcast is something people love doing and they love doing it because it feels good. So, yes, we definitely want you to subscribe and we also want you to share, tell other friends about it and so forth, because it's great when our listeners keep coming back. It's even better when people find out that it's, you know, this is something good to listen to. If they don't know, I mean, how are they going to know that this is good to listen to? Right. They got to have somebody tell them, hey, hey, friend, you know, here's something you should be listening to. Oh, wow. Thank you. You know, so so you got to share it as well. But certainly take the time to subscribe. If you're not currently a subscriber, you do that by going to LOAToday.net. You'll see subscribe buttons all over the place. It's really, really easy if you have an iPhone, um, both that way and you can actually do it through the iTunes store on your phone simply because the iPhone comes with podcast software built in as part of the operating system. On Android phones like uh, Samsungs and uh, Motorolas and Nokias and that sort of thing, um, they don't come necessarily with podcast software automatically installed as an app so you have to go find an app and where do you find that obviously you go to the play store so you just search on any kind of a podcast manager software in fact there's a free one called podcast manager well named and you just install that app and once you have that then no problem then you can even go to the website or you can just do a search through the app for LOA today and we'll pop right up but whatever way you do it just make sure you subscribe so that the episodes keep coming to your phone because You need your daily dose of happy, too. you got to climb out of that uh, funk you've been in, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And once you're subscribed, then be sure to share.
0: (laughs) Yes, subscribe and share.
1: Tell your friends. I mean, here's the thing that I think is interesting is that we're talking about the law of attraction and that the more you focus on. So when you tell other people about it, that's putting the focus there.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, it's just
1: good energy, right?
0: Yeah, you're continuing to tell the positive story to yourself, as well as tell others. So you get the well. You you
1: had mentioned to me that you know uh, uh, several people that had contacted you through the website that you know they were struggling
2: mm-hmm. with
1: with LOA, with yep. the idea of it, with with not thinking that it really worked. But here's the the cool part. They were questioning. They were struggling with it, but they were curious and still wanting to know more. That's that place, I think, where your inner voice um, is speaking to you and nudging you to find out. Um, Even when you feel uh, doubtful about something, even when you feel like you're struggling with wanting to make it work, There's still that curiosity and that nudge to find out a little more and find out a little more. And, you know, that's being able to listen to that, to what that, your inner voice is saying is really, really important. It speaks to us in all different ways, but I think that mainly, uh, speaks to us through our feelings and our emotions and our body. When I say feelings, I mean actual feelings. Like you'll hear somebody say, oh, Boy, when that happened, I just got a knot in my stomach, right? That's a, a feeling, a physical feeling. And so sometimes we don't take the time to tune in. That, I think it's it, important to slow down. That's the kind of voice and, you're talking
0: about, right? Because, I mean, when I was in my depths of dep- depression, just as I was discovering LOA for the first time, I didn't recognize what the signals were. I mean, you have to know, what, what are you listening for? You're, like you said, you're listening to your body, but what are you listening for? And then you said, well, the knot in the stomach, well, not in the stomach, that's actually a message from your body.
1: Right. And there's you can actually do, you know, um, I remember uh, it was actually a friend of mine that became a client at some point, but she was also a, a hypnotherapist. And one of the questions that she would ask her clients is she would say, um, I'm trying to think of her wording because it was really interesting. She would say, what does your body voice say? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because to ask somebody a question, um, you know, just a simple question, you're having a conversation and you're working through helping them and you ask them a simple question like maybe, um, what do you feel like you need to do more of in your life? And they they give you an answer. And then she would say, what does your body voice say? And sometimes it would be like, all of a sudden this other answer comes into your mind. It's like, oh, Um, But taking the time, I often think about how busy most of us are. And even if we're not busy, even if we were just kind of parked on the couch at home, um, we're still often looking at the television, looking at the phone, looking at the computer. So there's like all this energy and information just coming at us. And lots of people that, that I know... Um And sometimes myself included, but I think I'm getting much better at, at not being um, someone who rushes so much, rushing from here to there, because mm-hmm. I really adopted an idea uh, five or six seven years ago to not to not rush anywhere, even if it looks like I might be late. I don't rush it it doesn't seem to ever help, and learning that sometimes that rush, rush rush. Is actually internal. Like, we can slow down. It doesn't. It's sometimes it's not even physical. It's a. It's more of an energy thing to say. Okay, take a deep breath, slow down, pay attention to what our body's saying.
0: We should probably touch on uh, what the body can tell us too. What What are some some of the uh, signals that we can get? Because if we're not used to paying attention to that stuff, we may not, may not even know what' we're, what are we listening for? you know, and we mentioned the knot in the stomach, but we should probably mention what are some of the other things that the body can be telling us it, it brings to mind uh, Louise hay, her, uh, her symptomology thing where where the, the the different kinds of symptoms you have indicate something about what 's going on in your life um, I, I was just
1: thinking about that same book when yeah, you said that, yeah, because it 's a classic and if you if you don 't know of Louise hay. Um, and her work with the body, she has a book, I think it's called You Can Heal Your Life, um, but oftentimes you can just Google search, you know, certain things. And her book actually walks you through um, just about every body part and body system. And she determined um, what was going on emotionally if you were having symptoms attached to those body sim- body parts. Um, And I I can't think of any I don't have the book in front of me but for instance I'm sort of making this up um, but like pain in the feet might be that you're having trouble with the idea of moving forward in your life you know I mean it was some of them are very obvious Mm. and some of them are are not but I think that our bodies speak to us part of part of knowing what our bodies are saying to us happens in just slowing down and deciding that we're going to listen like in other words doing a, a body scan from head to toe quickly just to see if there's any place where you're holding tension just to to pay attention to what you're what you're feeling physically in the body if there's any tightness if there's any pain if there's you know any kind of sensation and do it in a way that you're curious And you'll start to learn what it means just the way you learn any other language. You have to pay attention to it and hear it, and pretty soon you'll start recognizing what your body's trying to say.
0: I think part of it, too, is recognizing that the signals that you get are going to be fairly obvious if you're willing to pay attention to them. Um, I mean, Louise Hay, we mentioned her with uh, her symptoms as a metaphor. So she'd say something like, if you have a pain in your neck, well, what in your life is causing you a pain in your neck? And we use that as a phrase, right, as a metaphor. Oh, no, right. she, he's such a pain in the neck. Well, if you have somebody who really has a pain in the neck, guess what? There's a very good chance you actually can get a pain in your neck. And we th- say, oh, yeah. you mean that's not just a metaphor? That actually can happen. Yeah, that can actually happen. You can actually get that signal from your body saying, that person's a pain in the neck. Do something.
1: <laughs> yeah, often, and often it's funny. I always think that our body is so smart and often has a sense of humor because a lot of times it's like that. One of my favorite stories, um, coaching story, is I was coaching a client that actually had called me. We had a session, and one of the things that she had, and and I have permission to share this, I will say. I don't just share client stories, um, but this is such a powerful one. Um, She had been dealing with a situation at her work where, she was sort of being bullied and wasn't really ready to stand up for herself, but she knew she needed to. Mm -hmm. And so we, we had a session about that. And then a couple of weeks later, we weren't really scheduled for our next session yet. And she sent me a message um, asking if she could have an emergency session. Mm. And I'll never forget it because I was out in this beautiful shopping area where there's a big courtyard. And I, I literally said, sure. And I, I, Called her from. she called me on my cell phone and I was sitting out by this beautiful fountain talking to her and she called because she said, I can't move. Mm. I'm on the couch. Um, I'm in pain. I've seen the chiropractor, the physical, and she was a nurse. So she said, I've seen the chiropractor, the physical therapist and the massage therapist and nothing is working. And I, I just, she said, I'm really just wanting to talk to you just because emotionally, this is just, awful for me and now this was a person that was very athletic mm. and so she was in terrific shape and she was a mountain climber and a parachuter and you know all of this stuff and she took really good care of herself she was a cyclist a runner you know wow and so here she is like out of the blue can't move and all of the practitioners that are trying to help nothing's working
2: right.
1: and cool. I said to her What's the worst thing about this? And she said, I can't stand up.
2: <laughs> so <you laughs> there's the, the metaphor. You see the connection? You see the
1: connection? And I said to her, so last week, I said, we talked about, you know, you need to stand up for yourself at work. Are you ready to? And she just said, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, okay. I'm ready. And, When are you going to do this?" She said, I'm going to make that phone call I need to make right now. And do you know that the next day she sent me a text message and she was out hiking.
0: Oh, good for her. Oh, that's great.
1: So literally the pain that was keeping her from even moving and being able to stand up physically, she was on the couch and couldn't move. It left once she made that connection. So that was her body. I often say to people, you know, our body's whispering to us all the time. When we don't listen to the whispers, it gets louder. Mm. And if it has to scream at us like it did to her where she was on the couch and couldn't move, then it will. And we don't want to get to that point. So just asking the question, you know, um, of our body, what are you trying to tell me?
0: (laughs) Sometimes it's verbalizing. I have to say,
1: trust yourself. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just you have to verbalize it. You actually have to say the words before you make the connection. It's not enough sometimes to just think it. Okay, so what's going on here? And then you're looking for an answer inside, and sometimes you just can't spot the answer. It's probably there, but you're just not picking it up. Sometimes you just have to say it, and when you say it, it's like what happened with her. She said, I, I can't stand up, and you immediately clicked to she needed to stand up to the bully. Well, right. You wouldn't make that connection unless she actually said it. She has to actually say I, it.
1: Yes. And you see the metaphor there, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need to stand up for myself. I can't stand up. It right. was so like amazing. <laughs> and so yeah, you were talking about the pain in the neck. Um, our body often speaks to us like that. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember reading in um, in Louise Hay's book when she's going through her list of body parts and and systems and things that could be wrong, and one of them was like chronic urinary tract infections, and it said pissed off at something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, there you go, right?
1: It's like very uh very obvious, like you said, once you say it. It's like sometimes you need to just ask. But when we take the time to get quiet and listen to what I would say to anybody that is struggling with anything is, Take take a moment to get quiet and scan your body and see what you find. And if you don't sense anything, well, hey, if you're feeling great and you don't have any, any aches or pains, uh, you can still ask your body. You can still try to start tapping into that wisdom of knowing what your body is saying to you.
0: And sometimes you also need a little help, right? I mean... Like your client, she needed some help. She, she couldn't figure it out her, for herself. She needed you to talk to so that she could vocalize what was going on so that you could help her make the connection. Oh, wait a minute, standing up for yourself, standing up uh, to, to get rid of the pain. There, there's a connection there. You, you're the right. one who noticed the connection. She didn't notice it. She had to ask you in order to find out. So sometimes you have to ask a friend or, you know, or a coach or something. You have, you have to talk think- to somebody else.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it is what we talked about earlier is that when you're down in that really low place, is that sometimes it's 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 hard to see up. You know, it's hard to see out. It is, and so yes, yeah, talking to someone, um, reaching out for support. We we've, we've talked about that in the past as well. Is that asking for help?
0: One of the things that I think is really good from say the last twenty thirty years is that asking for help no longer has the stigma attached to it in the same way. There's some stigma still, but it used to be asking for help, particularly for men, but really for anybody, was a source of embarrassment. It means you're not self-sufficient. It means you're not able to take care of yourself. You're a weak person, and I'm so glad yeah. that, that has changed. That that no longer is true, at least not nearly as, as true as it used to be. I guess there's some there's still some truth about it, but not like it was.
1: I even see that in the coaching profession. Um, a decade ago, it, there was actually like conversation, you know, in when I was in coaching school about, you know, your, your clients may not want people to know that they're being coached. Um, and it was sort of in the same way that like people might not want anybody to know that they were in therapy or that they were seeing right. a counselor or, or whatever. And <clears throat> that's changed a lot. As a matter of fact, a lot of people now kind of, you know, feel feel like having a coach is something they want to talk about
2: mm. and brag about. Yeah, so it's right. Like, oh, hey, I, I got a, a coach. coach right? uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like some, but, but you know what? It should be because, it, whether it's a coach or a therapist or a counselor or a consultant or you know, um, a physical trainer or whoever, um, when you get support for yourself, um, you're doing something good for yourself. Yeah, it it's should be of- something that people are are fine with talking about.
0: It's really a form um, of self pampering.
1: Yeah, it's it's part of self care. It's part of actually really taking good care of yourself is to to recognize when you need some support and to be willing to ask for it. So, sure, absolutely, and always again, that that very first line of support is that what what I believe as a coach is that. I don't have any answers for you. You have all the answers already. I just have the tools and skills to help you find it, the answers that are within. Mm. So we can always start by asking ourselves.
0: It's also a good reason why people go to coaches now that I think about it. They're they're not really going to the coach to solve the problem. Well, maybe, ostensibly they are. Maybe that's what their initial motivation is. But deep down, what their motivation really is, I think, is to learn how to detect and address these things themselves, that, and like you're saying, that's what the coach helps you to do. They, they, the coach teaches you how to use what information you're already getting because we often don't know how to use it.
1: Well, that's interesting that you say <clears throat> that the information we're already getting, because I had the picture in my head of like a, like a shortwave radio, you know like a radio tuning in.
2: Mm.
1: It's like we're always getting information from our bodies, from our intuition, from our higher self, from the universe. I mean, there's always information coming in. And we've talked about that before, that we actually have to tune most of it out because there's so much. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs)
1: Taking in so much. But we're always getting information. And so learning how to understand the information that's already there, that is part of what a coach can do. Um, is help you learn how to tune into it, to where it becomes clearer and clearer.
0: The thing about when you're trying to reach out to somebody is that when you're reaching out, you are kind of in a vulnerable place. And when you're in that vulnerable place, well, first of all, that's why you need to reach out. And second of all, you have to recognize when you're when you're in that vulnerable place. That's actually when you're in the best position to start learning some of this stuff. It, it's, it, it's it's not something to get us to to stop doing it. It's a way to get us to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I think well, vulnerability in itself is <clears throat> is really important. And it's kind of funny. One of the best things ever. I actually um, I recommend it to a lot of my clients is to go watch. Brene Brown's TED Talk on vulnerability. It's 18 minutes long. It's so worth it. I've probably watched it 10
2: times.
1: (laughs) I I used to have a rule with myself that any time I suggested that a client watch it, I'd just go watch it again myself.
2: Um, (laughs) And I
1: always get something out of it. And basically, you know, part of the message is is that none of us want to feel vulnerable. (laughs) We like shy away from it. We're like, we don't want to be vulnerable. We wanna be strong and tough and we don't want anything to be able to pierce our armor. But vulnerability is actually what connects us to other people.
0: And vulnerability and, is also how we it's how we learn to unlock our our built in tools. Because I, I think the reason we're so oh negative about being vulnerable is because we're so used to the idea that those times in the past when we've been vulnerable are the times we've been hurt. So we figure, okay, if we're vulnerable, that means we're going to get hurt. But when we start changing it by being open to being vulnerable and developing new experiences that are not about being hurt, but are actually being helped, I think our perception about vulnerability changes over time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, my own personal story about that I was in an abusive relationship for a long time and when I got out of that relationship I spent a lot of time um healing myself up and and I got help to do that and I decided because I learned so many great tools and I felt so wonderful being healed being strong feeling empowered that I wanted to teach other people it's what led me to go um to to school and to get certified as a coach as a relationship coach and and then I got into a relationship of my own that was amazing and then one afternoon something was said that like I got my feelings hurt and the thing was is that I shouldn't have I mean it wasn't even anything and I was at my house I will never forget it I was in my closet I was hanging up a sweater and I was so upset with myself I thought what is wrong with you why did that bother you like Mm. it wasn't even anything that would bother anybody it wasn't (laughs) and it and and I just was like so upset that maybe I can't do this relationship thing Mm. like Mm. I'm having such a great time with this relationship It everything feels so great and then this one little thing just triggered me so bad and I got so upset and it was so not anything and all of a sudden it hit me oh (laughs) I was like the same open-hearted vulnerability that allowed me to get my little feelings hurt over something really small it was also the open-hearted vulnerability that was allowing me to have to feel so amazing and have such an amazing relationship yeah it was that I was open and I was vulnerable. And you can't have one without the other. It's part of what Brene Brown talks about in that Ted Talk is that if when people start to numb out their feelings that you can't just numb out the bad feelings. No. You numb out all the feelings.
0: That's
1: right, yeah. Right? So at some point we we have to realize, I love the way you put it, vulnerability isn't just a place where we might get hurt. It's also the place where we're going to find help.
0: In fact, I think when what happens when we look at it
1: that way, so different.
0: It is different, and I think what happens too is, as we learn that vulnerability can actually lead to feeling good, we start to have a different perception of it. It starts to feel different. Just being vulnerable starts to feel different. Um, I think ultimately, what it where it turns to is feeling vulnerable. As weird as this sounds, starts to feel safe. It starts to feel yes. comfortable.
1: I agree with that, and and the the part that's important is that <clears throat> we trust ourselves, and that we build trust with others, because then we will be we will feel safe when we're vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it applies to everyone, not just women. It applies to men, too. We all have that that need and desire to feel good when we're vulnerable. Because I, I often think vulnerable almost is, is the wrong word just because we have so much negative attachment to it. It's almost like we need a different word. Not that there's anything wrong with the word, but because of the negative attachment, we just need a different way to, to look at it just so we can feel like being open is actually a good thing. That's really, I, I guess that's what it is, It's being open. When, when we're open, yeah. good things happen, and that's the association well, we need in, to build.
1: What's interesting is if you've ever <clears throat> if you've ever noticed, like, when you're hearing a public speaker, they come out and they're speaking to an audience, um, a lot of times they will come out and actually tell a vulnerable story about themselves. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right? They might tell a funny story yeah. of, of a time where they were, like, totally embarrassed or something <laughs> embarrassing happened to them. Yeah. And what happens is, when that happens, is that the audience laughs, the listeners, we laugh, and we see them as more human, right? Yep. We get the sense of, oh, my gosh, how embarrassing, like, oh, my goodness, how would I feel if that happened to me? And they'd think, wow, okay, this person's really human. And we start to make a connection because it's like we can just get it. We're like, oh, my goodness, I can imagine how that would be. And it's when they're telling us something vulnerable yeah and And so
0: that's that's where the
1: connection is why it's because we start to open up our hearts start to open up when we get in that vulnerable place and so i think it's important um that we understand that it's it's okay we we expect that sometimes that people are going to judge us if we're open and trusting and yet most of the time that's not what happens at all is that we actually make a deeper connection.
0: Yeah, I think when when we're exposed to somebody who is opening up like that, like you say, telling a story, making a joke, whatever about themselves, what we're really doing is we're identifying with them because we've all been there. We've all had those right. feelings. We've had those kinds of experiences. I think what that does is it humanizes the people that we're being first introduced to on the podium or on the television or on the radio or whatever it might be. Just by humanizing themselves, we feel like, oh, okay, I know who they are. I've been there. I have had those same kinds of feelings. I can identify with that. Same thing happens with storytelling. A good storyteller basically hooks you in through a couple of, of things. I mean, he or she, first of all, hooks you in through the hook, right, the, the conflict or the problem that has to be resolved. But more importantly, they, they hook you in through the character, and, and they create a protagonist that you, you can just identify with because the protagonist is revealing all these little vulnerabilities going on inside and all these these things that are difficult and you know, giving them problems. And we say, yeah, I've been there too. I know exactly how that feels. And now all of a sudden we're on the side of the protagonist.
1: Exactly. So I think that it's important. You know, we 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 began the the vulnerability conversation just with the idea of asking for help. Right. I think that sometimes people think that if they ask for help, they're going to be judged in some way. Oh sure. And and you know, it's just it usually doesn't play out that way. <laughs> it it totally usually usually has a different outcome than that but we have those fears and those fears sometimes you know it does raise
0: raise one important point it is possible to ask the wrong person i mean there are people who are judgmental so you do want to be selective about who you reach out to you don't want to reach out to somebody who is habitually judgmental judgmental (laughs) there's a new word (laughs) who is habitually judgmental because that habitually judgmental person is probably going to be judgmental about your situation, and it has nothing to do with your situation. That's just the way that person always talks. So, so don't reach out to that person. Reach out to somebody who you know is going to you know, respond in a sympathetic manner because they're the ones well, who are going to be in a better place to help. And here's
1: another thing that ties into us talking about the wisdom of our body. Mm-hmm. is we can When we're wanting to share with someone... When we're wanting to reach out for help, and we're wondering if this is the right person is the and you know i don 't even mean coaches or people that you hire, but maybe it's a family member or a friend and you're thinking about right. asking them for some support or some help. Um, we can check in with our body and yeah. scan our body in that moment it doesn't take you know time. we' just asking our body what what do we feel in our body? Oh, I feel a knot in my stomach, okay, maybe this isn't the 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 time, right? Or, 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 maybe, or, or whatever. maybe not the right person, um, yeah. If, if we feel open, if we feel, and it takes, you know, it takes some practice to get used to hearing what, what your body is saying to you. It does.
0: It does. Yeah, but it's practice worth practicing because the more and, that we're able to listen, the more we're going to be able to get.
1: That's why I was bringing up, you know, building trust, um, building trusting relationships with people. It's an important part of connection. And trusting ourselves. Trust yourself first.
0: Ultimately, your body I guess is then. is very smart. I guess we have to talk about for a minute then what what does it feel like when you have found somebody who you can trust? Like, how do you? How can you trust your feeling that you can trust this person? <laughs> how do you know? Well, I mean, because you, 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 you,
1: you know, I deal with a, a lot of people that have occasionally trust issues come up mm-hmm. because. Because things happen in relationships that cause people to not trust, right? Right. Um, and one of the things that I really had to learn was that <laughs> is that if I trust someone and they betray my trust, that's not on me. I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's yep. not that I want to go out and just trust everybody and have my trust mm-hmm. betrayed. Um, I'm not saying that. i
0: that would be but what unhealthy. I am
1: saying is is it does happen. Yep. We are going through life, there may be times that we trust someone and that they rip us off or that they've lied to us or, you know, something happens. I mean, it does happen. And if it happens, we can't beat ourselves up too much. We can't decide we're never gonna trust again. We have to start learning to trust ourselves first. And one of the tools that I really love is a tool that I learned from Um, Martha Beck who is a a coach um, she says she asks this simple question and it's again it's listening to our inner wisdom it's listening to what do we feel in our body and it's the question is shackles on or shackles off so considering a certain thing a certain action um, how do you feel about it does it feel like shackles on or shackles off and maybe someone offers you an opportunity you can use this in all kinds of situations Um, but when you're trying to make a decision about something does it feel like shackles on or shackles off (laughs) does it feel freeing or does it feel constricting Um, those are the little things that you start to ask yourself and over time you get a really good sense where you know automatically oh yeah this isn't the right the right opportunity
0: Mm -hmm.
2: feels
1: like shackles on to me
0: i think in every person's life there is at least one other person, maybe not somebody we're close to, and that's probably one of the reasons why we're in a state of depression or whatever, but there's at least one, and there's usually more than one person, who if you just kind of thought about it for a moment, you'd recognize that that's a person that if you were a close enough friend of that person that, that you, and you were sharing something with them, they wouldn't beat you up for it. They would actually be sympathetic and helpful, and you can feel that. That's the shackles off feeling that you're talking about
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i you know i i love that tool actually um i remember when i first learned it it's so simple um, but it's really powerful i mean i would encourage you to try it you know Mm. (laughs) anytime something comes up it doesn't have to be a big thing either um it can be a small decision that you're making or maybe somebody offers you some kind of opportunity and you know you're trying to decide whether you want to to, to go for it, um boy, it's a it's a really great tool. It works really well.
0: and what's amazing too, is that when we try when when, when we dare to try, I think that's what I'm trying to say, we, you know we we haven't used anything like that. We haven't trusted what's going on inside. we've We've learned not to trust what's going on inside or whatever. When we start to try anyway, when we just take the first few steps, and even if we kind of mess up the first few steps, Just the activity of doing it, of trying to listen inside, trying to pay attention, trying to learn, and trying to use things like the shackles-off, shackles-off test to evaluate whether or not someone or something is going to be appropriate or inappropriate for us. Just trying to do that, just giving it a shot for a while and messing up a little bit, but still continuing to give it a shot, give it a shot, give it a shot. Over time, it usually doesn't take real long, you can start to trust it. You start to recognize, okay, here's where I do it well. Here's where I don't do it well. So I'll just focus on the part where I do it well. And then it starts to right. become a, I mean, a feedback you do. mechanism. It,
1: over time. And one of the things I think is really cool is if you, if you just... I, I do this often in leading meditations, right? But I, I think it's a cool thing to notice. And that is oftentimes when I'm leading a meditation, I will have the listener start by bringing your attention to, let's say, bring your attention to your right hand and focus your attention on your right hand and keep your attention there until you start to feel a sensation in your right hand. And it may take a few moments, but it may be heat or a buzzing feeling or you just feel energy in your hand. And if you stay with it, and it usually doesn't take more than a minute and if you're actually doing it now you may have already started to feel some energy in your hand well that energy is always there Mm. (laughs) most of the time we're not noticing it yeah until we bring our attention there right and we hold our attention there and all of a sudden we're like oh my hand feels like it's kind of buzzing on the inside like yeah that energy is always with us and so it's just an awareness and once we keep bringing ourselves back to the awareness and we get in the habit of kind of checking in with our body um you know, it's very, very quick. Shackles on, shackles
0: off. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, as you did that, I, I tried it you know, directly while you were talking about that. And I was getting warmth. I wasn't getting vibration. I wasn't getting buzz. I was just getting warmth. Like my hand felt uh-huh. warmer and warmer and warmer. Like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. So there's no <laughs> I possible think it's fantastic.
1: You know, our body is there for us. And so sometimes we just have to tune in and make the connection and keep practicing. Stay with it. Trust yourself trust the universe, and trust the process.
0: Well, I'm glad we spent time on this because I realize this is not a topic we spent a lot of time on in the past. We've kind of danced around it, both with you and with other co-hosts on the show, over the years, many different ways, but we really dove into it in a good way. So I'm glad we did it, and I hope that uh, listeners who are finding themselves in a bad spot are going to find not only some inspiration, but they're going to be willing to take some steps. I, I really hope that's what comes out of it. If they are somebody who needs direct assistance and they want to reach out to you because you're obviously a very good, sympathetic listener, how can they reach you, Cindy?
1: Uh, They can find me on the web at com. It's C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z.com.
0: All right. This has been a a great week with you. I mean, we only get to do two mornings a week, but they've both been really productive yesterday with Neville Goddard and today with this. So I'm going to ask you what I always ask you. Can we please do this again next week?
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
2: All right, yes.
0: great. Well, I'm looking for it, <laughs> and and by the way, uh, we also have the other podcast that happen twice daily. So you know, tune in with the others too. But in the meantime, we'll just ask you to join us again next time. You're on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye, everyone.